This is Content Academy. On today's show, we have Morgan Sutton, who is the Director of Operations for Sue B. Zimmerman. We speak to Morgan about planning out your content a year in advance, how to set up your autoresponder correctly, and why you shouldn't, repeat, shouldn't be swooned by shiny objects. Creating great content, finding an audience, building engagement, monetizing your blog. This is Content Academy. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. I'm Phil McGrath, joined as I am every week by Paul Carfrey. Paul, what's up with it? Oh yeah, what's up? All good. Another week, another really fun podcast. And if you like strategy to get results, this show is the one to listen to because it was epic. Yeah, there's an awful lot in today's show, a lot of great information. We have Morgan Sutton on the line. Now, Morgan may not be a household name to many when it comes to online business and blogging and marketing, but she is the Director of Operations behind Sue B. Zimmerman Enterprise. And as you'll know, we had Sue on the show last week, and we have Morgan on this week to really delve into the background, get under the hood of Sue B. Zimmerman's business, blog, website, systems, you name it. We talked to Morgan about it, Paul, and there's an awful lot in there. Yeah, if you're looking at running an online business, you're, you want to your blog to become an online business, this show really outlines the strategy that you need to actually achieve the results that you need to stay in business. And it's not difficult. It's not stuff that you'll turn around and go, you know what, that's great, but I, I don't have X, Y, or Z. It's all stuff that you can control as well. And I think that's what really impresses me. It's not based around high-tech software. It's not based around hours and hours and hours of time and effort being put in. You obviously have to work hard, but all of the subtleties that are mentioned around having a strategy and how you implement that strategy are pretty much open to everybody yet most bloggers are not doing it and that's why i think this is such a good show and worth a listen yeah everything is 100 percent executionable uh, and that's what i really liked about it you're right and we speak to morgan about planning out the content about their affiliate programs their email marketing some of the systems they use oh, um God, there's probably more in there, Paul. I can't even remember all of it. There's so much. The show notes for today are jam-packed. But let's hand it over to Morgan, and we'll chat to you at the end of the show. This is Content Academy. Yes, so as I said, we have Morgan Sutton on the line. Morgan is, of course, the Director of Operations for Sue B. Zimmerman. Morgan, how the hell are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Thanks so much for having me. No, thank you for taking the time out to come on the show. We really, really appreciate it. I suppose before we get into the nuts and bolts of today's show, you might give our audience a bit of background on Morgan. So where you started and what you're up to at the moment. Sure. So uh, my career in online business kind of happened by mistake. I went to school for uh, engineering and I was working in an investment firm and kind of dragging myself through work, uh, at 19, 20 years old. And I thought that that's how work had to be, that you you weren't really excited, but you just kind of got through your day. And Sue, uh, Sue is who is my partner, is who I work with, who your audience actually, I think, met a couple weeks ago, given the time that uh, you'll share this. Yep. And she had a retail store at the time. I'm sure she gave her whole story there. So we, she had a retail store and she said, you know what, leave this job, take a summer to um, do something a little more interesting, a little more creative and help me manage my store. And at the time, Subidoo, the store, um, was doing very well with using social media marketing. So along with helping her manage the store, I was helping her run workshops at her house, teaching everything from Pinterest to Instagram to Facebook and kind of helping her run those workshops. And the classes were so successful that when I went back to school after that summer, when I returned to college, she called me and said, you know, I want to start a website and I want to start a blog and start sharing the information that I was doing in these workshops uh, with 
uh, more people, more people than just the Boston area. So I said, sure, I can figure out how to put up a blog. Uh, you know, I'll do that. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So we started our, our company, Stewie Zimmerman Enterprise, where we develop courses and webinars, uh, in-person trainings, online trainings, all around marketing in the online business space, uh, specifically Instagram at this time. And so I worked for Sue and built built our business that we currently have today all while I was in school. So I uh, went to school for systems engineering, uh, then was able to continue to get my master's in engineering management and have this back-end uh, ability in in all this technical stuff, but was purely self-taught in this online space. So from then to now, we're about four and a half years later, and now we have an awesome thriving business where we help people all around the world. And Sue's able to travel all around the world speaking on Instagram marketing, and I'm able to run the back end for that whole business. So that's kind of where I am came, have come from and have now been able to start talking with other people and educate on Creative Live and our courses and things like that. So I'm excited to be able to share not only our marketing uh Sue's marketing expertise, but also how it all works in the behind the scenes, which is what I guess we'll be talking about today. It's exciting. Yeah, it's excellent stuff. Obviously, uh, with our audience haven't gotten a glimpse into what Sue's doing in terms of the, the front of house stuff, if you will, it's great then to be able to speak to you and put that all together into one package and see mm-hmm. how it all operates at the back end. So I suppose let's look at the day to day first and foremost, if you don't mind. Um, sure. When it comes to creating content, um, and we spoke to Sue about this, about how she creates her content, and she kind of basically put it all on you, Morgan. She said that it was down to <laughs> down down to you. You told her what to create, when to create, and how to create it, and so on and so forth. And um, obviously, I I assume she was she was kind of being um, a bit self deprecating there in the fact that I, I, I imagine she has quite a bit more input than she lets on. But um, in terms of planning out content, how far in advance would you guys sit down and plan out what you're going to do and uh, when it's going to be published? Um, well, it depends on the type of content that we're talking about. So um, week to week, we are normally planned about 10 to 12 weeks in advance. So we, we probably have uh, it. So let me back up. Our weekly content is a YouTube video and a blog that we put up and the content for that uh, is planned out about 10 to 12 weeks in advance. So that would mean that we have almost through, we're in the spring right now in terms of what our blog topic will be and what our YouTube video will be. Uh, and so that's our weekly content. In terms of paid products, um, I could tell you probably what we're working on next fall. So right now it's January 2017. I'm ready for it to be 2018 <laughs> already Excellent. in terms of wow. my calendar. So I'm I'm a big planner in terms of what we're going to be producing. Obviously now because we're a company of almost uh, seven, there's three full-time and four part-time people that we work with. And so in order to manage all of the resources, that's my job and um so in order to do that, I kind of I have to stay ahead of the curve in terms of the calendar, especially since Sue travels so much. I'm sure she talked to your audience a little bit about that. Uh, she loves educating yeah. not only online but on stage, and uh, because we're managing a travel schedule as well, uh, I have to stay ahead of the ball on that. Wow, um, and it, it's it's <laughs> something that I mean we do plan out in advance in terms of our content, and um, we have a good portion of 2017 mapped out in terms of our content awesome and uh, i know having spoken to previous guests uh, lane kennedy way back in episode 10 is another one who believed in planning out a year in advance as well how to build and monetize your blog this is content academy I mean, some of our listeners are going to be scratching their head because they struggle to figure out what they're going to create week to week, never mind going forward into the next 6, 12, mm-hmm. even 18 months. Mm-hmm. How do you decide what types of content you're going to put out and when to put them out? I'm kind of curious to dig into that a bit and see what's the thought process behind what content goes out. Sure. So um, it's interesting to be having this conversation now at the start of the year because I ask uh, Sue and I ask Rachel, my uh, coworker, who's actually responsible with the c- creating all of our content and paid products, um, who they want to be this year. And I know that's such a top level 
question to be asking, but I believe that as small business owners, so much of um, what you've decided to put into the the job that you've decided to do comes from the passion within. And what kind of comes back from my story is like, I could, I could work a nine to five job and I'd probably do fine, but would I be excited every day about what I'm putting out? So a lot of the people Mm. that are, especially bloggers that, uh, that you're talking to are putting together content for a website. You got to love what you do and you got to just know who you want to be. So every year I ask Sue and Rachel, who do we want to be this year? You know, are we still the Instagram expert? Are we um, going to be talking about something different this year? Whatever. So that's the first question that I'd want someone to answer. And then I would have them ask, so then what services am I going to be providing someone given that's who I want to be? And again, very top level question, but Mm. how are you going to be making your money? How does this become a business instead of um, something that you're doing on a Saturday, on a Saturday morning in your free time that you're not monetizing. Now, listen, a lot of these things start in that way, yes. but, um, with our, with the goal of monetizing, because I always try to, again, bring things to real life. Um, if you're going to be dedicating so much time to something, uh, you have to know how you're going to be monetizing it. If you have to support yourself or your family, you got to pay rent and you got to eat some dinner. So absolutely, <laughs> um, I start with, what the services are going to be that we're providing. And we have a very uh, tight uh, set of uh, products. You know, we teach Instagram marketing. We have something on almost every level from a $27.99 hashtag handbook to Mm. a $300 course that's, you know, six or seven weeks long to a thousand dollar very intense workshops and coaching and Um, things like that. So we try and cover the gamut, but you have to ask yourself, what am I going to decide to be selling? And then I move on to the content. So if I am selling X, Y, and Z, how is it that I'm going to make sure that this is framed properly for my audience? How am I going to get them excited about what that offering is? Because we're not selling 24 seven, we're selling, uh, whatever it is, 25, 30% of the year. Um, so how outside of that is the stuff that I'm putting out, actually priming them for something that I want to be offering instead of, instead of not. (laughs) I don't know about you, Paul, but I'm smiling here as, uh, as Morgan is going through this because you're walking perfectly into where I want you to go because I'm very curious to get in, to get into this, um, and Paul, I'm sure you've got tons of questions on this as well. And the one that's popping out at me is okay we know our product we have it mapped out we know when it's going to go for sale we know we're only going to be hard selling um for you know 20 percent, 25 percent of the time as you've said mm-hmm. so how do we figure out the type of content we want to produce around that product i mean a lot of our, our audience are going to have ideas in their heads are going to be buzzing now about products they want to sell yeah. in 2017 mm-hmm. so how do they begin to start building a bit of hype around those or heightening awareness from them or what types of content, if you know where I'm going. Yeah, that's a great question, Phil. And I suppose to summarize it, you know, you know, how do you prime your audience for products down the road, essentially? That, that, that's really kind of the, the key thing our audience are struggling with, I think. Sure. So first I'd ask, uh, ask yourself, what is the content that I enjoy producing most? Because I think you also, you first have to think about what's the medium going to be. So even I know that your audience are bloggers, but blogs can come in many different forms. It can come in only text. It can come in a lot of infographics and images. It can come directly from uh, video. It can come from embedded Instagram posts, which we do a lot of, um, and explaining those examples. So I think you first have to decide what kind of content you're most comfortable with. And that may be something that solves a lot of problems for you. Um, I think so far I've, I've really expressed that I'm someone who wants something to be, uh, every work is work, but it should be easy to you. It should flow from you freely. And I think that if you're setting your, you're setting yourself up for something to be more challenging because you don't love being on video or you don't love the sound of your voice. So why are you podcasting or you don't, uh, or writing is very difficult for you. Um, you're then setting yourself up for difficulty. So that would be my first question. Um, is like, is the content that I've decided that I'm putting out based on some random advice that I heard on a podcast, or is it something that also feels really comfortable to me? Um, yeah, it all comes down to small business owners. So that would be my first thing. My second thing, um, 
is obviously specifically about topics. So deciding about how the product that you're going to be selling, what problems does that product solve? And how can you introduce content that talks around um, you know, those issues or those pain points or solve some question, uh, solve some, solve some of the questions that people may have. So for example, um, we are jumping into B-School next week. B-School is Marie Forleo's flagship program. Yeah. It's a, uh, if your listeners don't know, um, and it's, you know, really about people starting an online business and uh, the basics and, we are big proponents of that because that's probably the first program that we went through online to really understand what is an online program and how do you educate people online. And um, so we're starting to campaign hard with that at the end of the week. But for the last month or so, I want to say maybe even six weeks, we've been pivoting our content to include information like I'm I'm gonna butcher the title of this blog, but it's the last <laughs> blog that was posted. It's um, the best online courses that I've ever ha- gone through, or something like that. And so in it, we talked about Sue, which who has gone through a lot of online programs in order for us to figure out what kind of educators we wanted to be. Um, talked about three of her favorite online programs, one of which is B School. So that's priming the fact that we are going to be talking more about Marie Forleo in the future. And it also shared a couple of other online experts that we were, uh, were we really enjoyed learning from. And so that blog post, it's about online programs. It mentions Marie Forleo, but it's not a "Hey, look at me, we're about to sell B School." It's a um, starting to get our audience aware yeah. of the fact that they're online programs and aware of her name. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So you're, you're, you're bringing, I suppose the need or you're highlighting the, you know, a topic to, to audience. So would it be a case then obviously in that instance, I'm assuming that that's probably some sort of, uh, maybe it's, it's an affiliate campaign, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. much in, exactly. in some respects. So, um, does that mean then you will have other content around some of the problems which um, I suppose Marie Forleo solves? Now I haven't I haven't went through her course, so I'm I'm not aware of the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, will other blog posts be along those lines as well, or would you just kind of go okay for an affiliate? Maybe it's you know one or two posts and that's it. Well, obviously, it, it it completely depends on the amount of time that you've decided to commit to that affiliate campaign. We go all in on affiliate campaigns. Um, basically 100% of the time because we don't do, we don't affiliate for a lot of things. So um, for bloggers who make a lot of money from ad clicks and from affiliate offers, you could be making money from, um, you know, referring a book in your blog and getting Amazon credit, you know, uh, all the affiliating for things like that, where it's just kind of a touch here and there when it makes sense. When we don't, um, make a, we don't make a majority of our revenue from affiliate campaigns. We make majority of majority of revenue from our own program. So when we decide to affiliate for something, um, we're treating it as our own. And I think it's just depends on, it depends on what your, what your goal is. So to go back to your question about like, is that the only post that we're doing? We, um, like to go back and forth between, uh, making sure that the content is still relevant to our customers and making sure that it pertains to this affiliate program. So um, a couple of the blogs over the couple months that this is being primed will be things that are being solved by Marie. And a couple of them will be things that are Instagram because that's what we teach. Now, when you're talking about campaigns that are by us, so it's, we're selling an Instagram program. Um, all of the blogs are going to be <laughs> Instagram focused to the thing that we're selling. So we do, um, we do Insta Academy, which is a program specifically for social media managers looking to do Instagram for clients. So the content is more around uh, figuring out how to manage multiple Instagram accounts. And that's a pivot that is pretty 
different from what we're doing most of the rest of the year, which is for a small business owner in any, uh, any industry. So because we have to make that major pivot, you'll see six or eight weeks of blog topics that focus mainly on social media managers, um, for that campaign. This is Content Academy. But the picture that I'm kind of getting painted is you've, you've asked yourself the questions, you've figured out what well, we're going to do. Let's say we're going to do a product release in June. So then, well, we want to prime our audience. So maybe we're going to do eight weeks of blog posts or, you know, whatever that content might be, maybe for April and May. Um, and is it the case then that you actually get the content kind of written uh, and created 12 weeks in advance of the no, week coming? No, 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 oh no. My. Okay. That would be amazing, though. <laughs> that would be a goal, everyone. But no. yeah. uh, what, we're, what we're doing is planning for it. So we know that that brilliant idea of talking about programs we've gone through doesn't get lost, you know, 12 weeks later. Um, but what we do is to walk you through our content production process. So after those uh, 10 to 12 I, topics have been decided, then there's a recording session to record Sue's intros and outros for the YouTube video because all of our content stems from the YouTube videos. So at that recording session, she spends a day in front of the camera all dolled up doing the intros and outros for those 10 to 12 videos, changing her outfit between each one. Um, and so that because we like to batch, I'm all about productivity. My, my education is in systems and processes. And so I try to make it as easy as possible for all of us to make sure that this blog can get out. Um, so batching this recording and not having to get Sue dolled up, um, you know, every other week yeah, yeah, I does that for us. Um, and it's a big pro tip for us. So that's the first part of it. Then uh, we're two weeks ahead generally with blog content. So when when a blog is supposed to be released two weeks from now, Sue is working on producing the content that goes in the middle of it, you know, the meat of the process. Yeah. And uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, Sue Zimmerman, you'll see that she does a lot of in-depth tutorials, screen flows of how to do specific things on Instagram. And so once that's content is done and handed off, I edit all of them. I'm our video editor and I hand them off to uh, our copywriter who does kind of a transcript. So the content, the seed of the content is coming from Sue being able to process the topic idea and uh, break down the content through a screen flow. And then that's how our blog is built out because we are happier on video, not as happy as writers. So that's the process that we've come up with that has worked for us. Uh, handing it off to a couple of different people, starting with video and batching our recording. Excellent. Okay. So, I mean, there are so many more questions that, that uh, <laughs> bounced into my mind. <laughs> One kind of comes along is when, when you're picking those topics, so you're, you're priming for a product, I suppose, or a service. I suppose one of the products you, you mentioned earlier. Do you put any uh, consideration into SEO or do you just simply consider the elements of the product uh, or service and the questions that that service answers and just focus on creating content for that? So we put the smallest consideration into SEO possible. And that's just because it's not um, something that we've had the chance to focus on. So um, I, we are a small business like many others. And, um, you know, you can only do so many jobs. So the one, one of the things that I haven't been trained in is um, SEO. What I do, the small pieces that we do do is when we're researching blog titles, um, there's, a lengthy process that Rachel goes through to decide the proper wording of the YouTube title that we'll be using for the blog as well. She goes through YouTube and does a little bit of Google AdWords searching and things like that to make sure that the topic is optimized. Uh, we had one of our blogs go crazy viral for um, how to direct message on Instagram. And it brings in probably the same amount of traffic that our new release does every week. So obviously something was done right there. But um, yeah, so the, the main focus goes into the topic 
uh, optimization, the title optimization. And then we are WordPress users. So I use uh, the Yoast SEO plugin to uh, just make sure that we're all buttoned up in terms of the yeah. right things to do to even like be properly ranking, you know, how it has, I don't know if anyone else is Yoast users, but how it tells you the little tip of making sure is your keyword in the first paragraph, whatever. You guys are good at this, but yeah. maybe I should be reading yeah. one of some of your blogs on this to know what's next to do. But well, those are the things that I pay attention to. You know, to. it's extremely ironic, Morgan. Uh, I have spent today creating a piece of content uh, that you can go back and check. And it is all about finding the keywords that uh, you want to use within your blog and your blog posts um, and we're continuing actually to, as the week we're recording this is our seo week over on the 30 minute blogger so there you go folks go and check that one out creating great content finding an audience building engagement monetizing your blog this is content academy shift on a little bit to some marketing automation because obviously sure. you are highly versed in this field so Obviously, a lot of people will understand that they'll have their email list set up, hopefully at this stage mm -hmm. they do, um, mm -hmm. and that they will have an autoresponder sequence of sorts in play. Now, the big problem that we hear from a lot of our clients and other bloggers we speak to is that they're not quite sure whether they are putting the right things in their autoresponder sequences and what they yeah. should or should be putting in. Um, they kind of Basically, people are saying to us, we know we need one, we've kind of done it out, but we're not getting that many people clicking on them or if they are, they're not taking the actions we wanted them. Would you have any advice for those people in terms of what they should be putting in and maybe some sneaky little tips to help, uh, help them get a better yeah. click through rate? Sure. So let's, let's think. I would say there are, there are obviously a lot of different pieces in this. So we yeah, have, sorry, it's a bit the, of a loaded question. <laughs> no, not at all. So there's like the, there's the landing page. There's what you do with that form. And then there's actual, the actual autoresponder, the email sequence. So in terms of the landing page, I think it's important to treat the landing page as a sales page for your free content. So making sure that there's enough information there that, uh, able to explain what you're going to give them in this freebie. Uh, that's what I call it, freebie, lead magnet, whatever. There's so many different terms for it. But yeah. so making sure that that landing page has the proper information for them to know what they'd be getting and then making sure that what they're receiving meets what expectation you've set. So that's kind of a blanket rule there. Um, I like to make sure that the landing page has a, some spot on it that has a tiny little bio. So if someone's coming from some kind of cold place and has no idea who Subi Zimmerman is, they understand, you know, that she's globally recognized, that she speaks across the world, that she's been on Creative Live, that um, you know, has X many students, things like that, um, to kind of give that credibility initially. And I normally do that at the bottom of the page. Um, another kind of golden rule that we have is making sure that there aren't links to a ton of other things on that landing page. So we treat the page that people opt into that we run ads to and direct them from social and things like that as a sales page for that lead magnet. And therefore, I don't want to be sending them to other places. And I think the most uh, often mistake that I see is sending people to your social channels because most likely mm. – they um they have made they may have come over from your social channels and so if they see that thing yes that you yes you want to follow but what i value more than anything is the email so if the facebook uh link or the instagram link or whatever in the corner distracts them from completing the task that you're trying to get them to complete then you're not going to get the email you may get the follow but the whole point is that we're trying to force people on our email list so we can yeah. nurture them with emails um yeah so that's that's a main yeah, one and, for me and, and that's a great little tip it's you know obviously the action we want them to take has to be clear you nearly have to put blinkers on them so they don't start looking left or right that it's right. clearly this is what i want you to do please take that action and uh, follow follow the steps that we've laid out for you so once people have signed up for our email list and they're going to get our freebie or offer or lead magnet whatever mm -hmm. you whatever way you want to put it that, they're <laughs> going to get that that's going to be downloaded automatically maybe you're using mm -hmm. uh, aweber or uh MailChimp or ConvertKit as we use. Uh -huh. And then your autoresponder sequence kicks in. Uh -huh. In terms of planning out your autoresponder sequence, what types of emails do you think 
people should be sending? So we send uh, three specific emails in our onboarding sequence, and that's what we call it. Uh, but first, I want to say that these emails the most important thing is that someone feels that they're getting a connection from you, that you're authentic, that, um, that they're personal and that it helps you want them to be connecting to you through these emails. Uh, so trying to not be so generic, but instead be genuine and, uh, share your personality, I think is really important in all the copy that you put out, of course, but in these emails, you know, you're in their, in their inbox. So it's important to have them feel that way. Um, we send three emails before someone gets dumped on our newsletter because obviously the the process that we want is we want someone to end up getting our weekly newsletter where we share this blog that we just spent all this time talking about. So um, in order for them to end up there, we want them to understand who Sue is and what content that we put out regularly and be informed that they're going to be getting our weekly newsletter um, so they don't feel like they're being bombarded by someone that they don't want to hear from. Uh, the whole process for us starts with the first delivery email, like you said. So you're sending an email with your delivery link, but inside that email, we try and paint a picture about who Sue is and, um, want, we want them to learn a little bit more about her. So it kind of explains her story, how she got into entrepreneurship, how Sue Doo turned into this business and how she's probably drinking a green smoothie right now and walking Cody, her dog. These are all uh, silly personal things about Sue, but it helps you understand, you know, where she's, where she comes from and what's important to her and kind of gives you little triggers of information that will help you identify with her. So in that download email, we're explaining kind of who Sue is. We're making sure that the download link is in there for our uh, strategy guide. And then we're also telling you that at the end of this, um, we're letting you know that you're going to be on our newsletter. And so like, we're excited to talk to you and, you know, we just share awesome content and promise not to spam you kind of thing. Mm. Um, so that's our first email. We're kind of painting that picture. And yep. then we send a couple more emails. The one that we, that I'll talk to you about is the content email that we share. So we have one where we're following up three days later and we're saying, so I hope you've downloaded your strategy guide and I hope you've loved it. And, you know, I have a few other things that I think that you would really like that are our most popular blog posts. And I believe we have, it's like five to seven links, I think now, uh, in that email that are listing blogs that have performed best for us. And they kind of cover the gamut of all the different things you could be talking about on Instagram, like specific things, like what's your most, uh, I believe there was a blog about apps. So there's like recommendations for apps. There's something about hashtags kind of covers all the different things, but mm. it's just a credibility builder for us. So we're just trying to communicate with them uh, a comfortable amount in the first couple weeks that they are on our list to build that credibility yeah. And, yeah. Cool. I know I like that. Um, uh, talking about the newsletter itself, Morgan. Sure. Is is that planned a couple of weeks in advance? And is that newsletter effectively kind of saying, well, here's the importance and relevance of the piece of content which uh, Sue has released this week and a link to, uh, you know, the video or to the YouTube or to the blog page, page? And is that how do you stop that from becoming too, I suppose, similar week after week? Sure. So the way that we do that is by sharing stories that happen that uh, throughout the day or the week that are entertaining. So we do, like you said, the process sounds monotonous. You know, you're sending a weekly email. It's Wednesday or Thursday. The blog went up. You have the YouTube thing. It's going to be a very similar image with just the title of the blog, Don to Don. But if you're we like to frame the topic for the email and with a story and connect it to the blog. And this is Rachel's gift, our, um, our content creator. Her, she's able to pull ideas out of the sky and connect them to a blog post. So it's really fascinating. If there's any reason to subscribe to us, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we had one recently that Sue... Uh, so what we do is we have Sue send Rachel ideas about 
these stories. So when, when something funny happens to her or, uh, or something thought provoking happens to her in the day, Sue sends her stories. So the one that sticks out to me that we actually got replies from that people thought was funny um, was the subject line was my eye doctor inspired this email about Instagram videos. And it's the weekly newsletter. And inside the weekly newsletter, we talk about Sue going to a new eye doctor because Sue just moved from her um, family home mm, yep. in the suburbs into Boston. And I'm sure she talked about that because she's pumped. She certainly and, did. <laughs> so, um, and, and so since she's moved to Boston, she's gotten all new doctors because she just wants to walk like 30 feet to do everything. And it's awesome. And so her new eye doctor told her that the material that she's been using and the contacts that she's been using for however many long, the material is from the eighties. So, (laughs) which is just, it's such a random thing that happened to her. So we're talking in this email about the eighties, me, I, you know, I, how would I ever use anything that's 30 years old? I get the most accurate, uh, the newest technology. I have the new iPhone before anyone else. Like, how would I be this person that uses these old uh, products? And Rachel connected it with, you know, I wish I would have been given the option from my old eye doctor to upgrade my contacts. Everyone wants options. And uh, so this week, I'll be sharing some options that would be awesome for you. Making Beautiful. Yeah different options for creating videos on Instagram. And so this blog was four tools for easily creating videos on Instagram. And so that's how like the story was weaved through. So they're not all that fabulous. That one was really, really good, but um, being able to weave in, you know, where she's traveling to or something funny that happened that day and bring it to connection to the content makes people, um, you know, excited to find out what Sue's up to. And, um, I think it's, I think they come across so much better because it's in Sue's voice too. So Mm. even if it's not like as, as entertaining as that eye doctor story, they're all kind of like light and playful and in Sue's voice. And there's a lot of energy. And so you, you feel like you're getting to see her, like how you see her live on Facebook live or on Instagram or whatever. Um, you get that same energy. And so that's, I think, why our emails still work. Yeah, I think that's absolutely brilliant because what it highlights is you're not going to find that really anywhere else, I wouldn't imagine, in any of your content. And, you know, a little bit of entertainment along the way, it gives people a reason to open it. And as you're saying, okay, a couple of them, they might be mildly amusing, but if they're sometimes hilarious, you're going to keep people checking it out. So that's an excellent tip. I just want to emphasize that point to people listening that, you know, that personal connection can really kind of help you keep that audience member engaged. This is Content Academy. Now, we are getting on for time, Morgan, and I don't want to keep you here all night, but Mm -hmm. Phil always does have a question he asks people towards the end of all of our shows. So, Phil, I am teeing you up to ask that question. Thank you very much. Yes, Morgan, it is simply this. Can you give us one thing, and I am looking for one, that you, one thing you have learned since your time, since the time you've started online that you wish you knew when you started? It is a doozy. That is a doozy. <laughs> um, and I want it to be good. That's the that's the problem. Um, I guess the one thing that I would have wanted to know at the beginning is that the tools that you're able to use online can really change how difficult things are. And so if someone had just told me just to get started on the software, just sign up for a free download and um, things will be so much easier. I, you spend a lot less time doing the research and doing the trial and error and everything. So we uh, started with, I want to say constant contact or something like that. Mm. And I was, I was spending a lot of time trying to figure out all the different 
all the different processes and all the different softwares that we needed to use. You know, we were new to having our WordPress site and everything like that. And I came, I got a recommendation to sign up for Entreport, which I'm now a certified consultant in. And uh, she said, you know, this, this may look overwhelming. The software does a lot of stuff, but I promise you at some point you're going to want to use all these things and you'll already be, you know, well-versed and, have all that information. And so we kind of signed up for a CRM, a pretty robust tool that uh, before we were ready, before we even had our first program. And I think it put the fire under us to uh, sell our first product. I think we signed up in July and we finally sold a product in October. So um, I probably had worked for for Sue for 10 to 12 months before we got there to that Mm. July moment where we invested. But um, that's, I think, what lit the fire under us. So I, I always find it, um, I find it exciting to start up a new tool, but I think that it's daunting for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a great tip, actually, mm. because so Thank often you. we get lured into going, well, no, look, you can do it yourself. You don't necessarily need to see if you out a process. You waste a lot of time. It falls mm-hmm. down because there's human error at the other end, exactly. which is us trying to hold it together. Um, and whereas if you get a couple of tools, you learn to use them really well, uh, it can be very, very powerful. I know, Phil, that you're, you're really uh, digging me, Edgar, at the moment. I know that's something mm-hmm. that you've been around yeah, a lot so with. Good. And it's, it's the, the, the bootstrapping kind of, this bootstrapping business and the books that were out and the kind of that mentality, I think, got into the psyche a little bit where everyone kind of went, oh yeah, the $100 startup and lean startup and let's not spend money. And mm-hmm. sometimes, folks, you just have to put your hand in your pocket. That's the, the, the only way I can say it. And some of the best yep. things I've ever spent money on have been systems and software. And you, Paul, obviously you'll remember this. And we had Mark Lack uh, back on episode 12 of the, the podcast. And one of the quotes from the show with Mark was that um, people fail and systems don't, you know, so having systems in right. place are going to make sure everything gets done and done properly. Whereas, as you've kind of alluded to, Paul, where people are involved, there will be error. So I really do yeah. like that. To, don't be afraid to put your hand in your pocket. Sometimes you are going to have to shell out, but it, it can be worth it. Right. And don't get distracted when new tools come about. So that's, you know, uh, on top of that, once you've put your put your investment in and decided to use this new software, there will be new things that come out that do the same thing that people <laughs> will be hyped around that people will yeah. they'll say that is the most amazing thing. It solved all my problems or whatever. And you know what, if you're comfortable in your process, unless that thing is going to save you, uh, it'd be, be half the time, you know, a third of the time that you're spending right now learning it, it could put a big hiccup in what you're working on too. So though I'm all for efficiencies and, you know, making sure that you're doing the fastest and the, the best option there, because with this space, it's booming, uh, you know, there is always a new recommendation, but switching over could end up being something that is a major friction and um, doesn't actually end up saving you a lot of time. So I'm always like, alert, Sue, this one's too distracting. I'm sticking with the plan. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. great idea, Sue, we're going with this one, you know. Yeah, I'm a bit of a magpie like that as well. I see shinies. I'm like, oh, look at this. Look what this one does. <laughs> and we're kind of going, no, we don't need it. What we have does, does the job perfectly well. We know right. how that one works. We have a system in place for it. Let's not mess around. I mean, only recently we changed um, some of the software we use for our graphics. Now, I think Paul, mm-hmm. was, Paul was happy for us to change. But even at that, there was a discussion kind of going, right, well, we have we have a system in place. We know what we're doing. Do we really want to start changing? Ultimately, we decided to change. And uh, it's for the better, thankfully, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm one of those that are constantly looking at the new stuff going, Oh, I like this. But uh, yes, yeah, stick with what you have if it's working. Unless, of course, as you said, it's going to save you some serious time and or money. Mm-hmm. Morgan, it's been an absolute pleasure. I could genuinely stay talking to you for another hour or so because there's loads of stuff I'd love to ask you about. Um, but we'll have to wrap it up there. Uh, where can the good people reach out to you and say thank you so much for all the information you've shared today? Well, you're welcome to email me, morgan at subizimmerman.com if you have any questions about what we chatted about today. And also make sure that you grab our free strategy guide. So head over to subizimmerman.com slash guide to get our Instagram strategy guide, start using Instagram marketing, and start getting our awesome onboarding emails so you can see what we're talking about because there's nothing better than having an example of what you're deciding to work on.
absolutely and we'll make sure to have links to all of that in today's show notes. Morgan, thank you so much and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. This is Content Academy. Yes, so there we have it. That was Morgan Sutton. Paul, what can I say? There's some serious yeah. information on that one. Morgan knows her stuff. That is for sure. There were there were so many different parts of that that we could have, you know, delved deeper into and, and maybe done five or six shows uh, on each of them. The one that I thought was really nice was the storytelling uh, with their email marketing. I thought that was just a yeah. really simple idea that anybody could implement, but obviously makes that email content fresh, entertaining, and gives you a much better chance of getting your message across continually versus those bland emails that we become blind to and just eventually stop reading after a couple of weeks. So I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm, I suppose for people listening at home or wherever you are, when stuff happens in your normal day today, no harm in keeping note of it and figuring out, can I use this in my marketing somewhere along the line? So whether it's social updates or emails, as, as Morgan was stating, um, it's not a bad idea to keep track of little things like that to pop up in your general day today um, that you can use with your marketing efforts. But I mean, yeah, you're right, Paul. It's very, very clever. And I think even as you were saying in the show, Paul, you know, if they're not always going to be gold, but some of them are going to be better than others. And that's going to keep people interested and keep them opening up your emails just to see the stories and what's happening. And are they going to be entertained by them? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so, it's so amazing because even as that was said, I was, I was flying, I was traveling there last week uh, and there was an ex-professional footballer sitting uh, in the aisle seat next to my aisle seat, Kevin Kilban. You obviously probably know him well enough. Mm -hmm. um, so that was fine. I recognized him. He was traveling over to do punditry on a game. We'd had a little bit of banter, not not too much. He was there making notes. You obviously had to get to his match that he was going to do commentating for. And as as we stood up, I stood up and you end up, you know, we we're six rows back. So there's an orderly queue kind of formed waiting to get off the plane. But your man, he stayed and Kevin, he's there writing his notes and he's furiously writing these notes off his phone interestingly taking a lot of his stats from twitter which was, was interesting he was just searching hashtags related to football stats and, and filling them in and then just as the queue starts to move he jumps up really really fast and i started walking and he actually kicked my my right foot tripped me a little bit i ended up turning around going whoa easy you're not playing football now kevin <laughs> and of course it gets a great laugh across it and he's like oh sorry sorry i was like you're all right you're grand we just continue on that little story, I might have said it to one or two people. I, I don't think I'd even mention it to yourself, Phil. No, it's the first time hearing it. Yeah, but like a lot of these things happen all of the time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be with a famous person, but just a funny story that you can connect with. And that then did get me thinking on a, on a business level going, well, really, is that how you should be capturing notes from preparing, still using A4 pads? And, you know, he was using, he had to see, he had a smartphone that he was taking his notes from Twitter. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, surely it would make more sense to be taking those notes and popping them into a notebook as opposed to on your device, as mm. opposed to this A4 pad, you know? And that was kind of then set me off in a little spiral of thinking of other stuff. So anecdotes like that, it happens all the time. Funny stuff happens to everybody. So that, it, that really was for me that probably the, the best part uh, of the of the the podcast and of the information shared but that's not to undermine the rest of the information because the rest of it was absolutely top-notch as well yeah absolutely it was i mean one of the things that stuck out with me was obviously we spoke at length um in the early stage of the show about planning out sue's content and how how morgan says they're already prepped for for kind of fall 2018 and kind of one of the questions they asked at the start of every year is you know who do we want to be this year? Are we still the Instagram experts? Are we going to change topic? Are we moving on from there? And really deciding what their aim for the year is in terms of who they want to be and what they want to be seen as within the market segment. And then moving on from that, well, okay, if we still want to be seen as the Instagram experts, as Morgan was saying, you know, what services are we going to provide to our audience and our customers? And then moving on from that, if they're the, the services and the, the products I'm going to provide, how can I introduce content to my audience that's going to prep them for these products coming down the line? It's it's simple, but it's brilliant. I mean, that that really is is the truth there. Like, I mean, even thinking of it, you can even simplify that if you want to. 
you know, what am I going to be famous for? What do I want to be famous for this year? And, and pick one thing. You know, the same question asked slightly differently. But if you can't answer that, your business doesn't have a message or you don't have a, a core to it, you're, you're going to struggle. So there's definitely some work there that all of us could look to do to, to utilize, you know, really, really well thought out long term strategy which then is congruent with your content strategy, which is the layer below, which then brings you to a nice week-to-week tactical strategy that can be deployed. So, you know, people might look at, at the, uh, at, at, you know, Subi Zimmerman's website and kind of think, yeah, this is a nice site. You know, there's some nice content. Instagram, that stuff looks great. There's a steady flow. There's a, there's a lead magnet for me to download, which is the same on every page. But to get that level of simplicity, there's a whole lot of strategic planning in the background because without that, you're, you don't end up with that successful business. You just end up with a string of content. So absolutely brilliant insight there. And, you know, I'm just thankful to Morgan for being generous enough to, to be that open and just share it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just some of the little things that uh, we kind of we glossed upon during the show was even with the opt-in pages. Um you know, Morgan says she likes to make sure there's a bio for Sue just at the bottom of those um, so that if someone's coming from a cold, dark place, I think she called it, that sure. they know they can kind of read the bio and go, oh, well, OK, well, th- that qualifies the information that I'm about to receive. So I'm going to give my name and email address for the freebie, lead magnet, opt-in, whatever you want to call it. So even just little things like that that may not have been major points within the show when you actually have a listen to it, folks, and you know, if you missed it, go back and check it out again. Just little things like that can make a huge difference to your amount of opt-ins and your call to actions. And obviously then we spoke about the autoresponder sequences and the way you can lay those out. And there really is, there was so much in there. I, we could probably go on all day, Paul, but I think the show was long enough as is. We will wrap it up there. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good indeed. Don't forget, folks, if you want to get a hold of today's show notes and i do suggest you go and check those out you can head over to content.academy forward slash episode 64 it's episode 64 for all of today's show notes but until next week paul we'll chat to you then yeah see you later man you have been listening to the content academy podcast if you would like to comment on any of today's show or subscribe to the series find us at content.academy forward slash podcast